millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, this is Jim White, and thanks for listening to the Outspoken with White and Jordan podcast. Every day we bring you the very best of our show. On today's episode, myself, Simon and Danny Murphy talk about the two halves of Manchester. Pep Guardiola has signed a contract extension at Manchester City. What does that mean for the Premier League? Manchester United have mutually agreed to part ways with Cristiano Ronaldo. Where could he end up? And the Glazers are reportedly interested in selling the club they have owned since 2005. How much is Manchester United actually worth? This is The Outspoken with White and Jordan podcast. Hi everybody, we're getting used to this. We're coming to you live from our purpose-built studio on the outskirts of Doha. It's Jim White, it's Simon Jordan and it's Danny Murphy. Mr Murphy, how are you? Fully acclimatised we can see. Yep, uh, yeah, I've done a couple of late games the last two days, so end up, you know, with the time difference, you're getting to bed at silly o'clock. So, yeah, a little bit tired, but um, enjoying it so far. Some yeah. great games, some brilliant performance. Mbappe, watching him live is just a pleasure, isn't it? I was there, Danny. I was there. Late finish, wasn't it? I got back to my hotel at 2 a.m. I don't mm. know about you. Yeah, just before. Yeah. Just before the limo got us about 10 past one, yeah. Sure. No, having said all that, Danny, Simon's probably, <laughs> a, bit, Simon's probably a bit tired out after all his shopping yesterday afternoon in a mall right beside our hotel and all these designer shops. How did that go? Very nice. Having a little wander around, trying to embrace the culture, make sure I availed myself of everything that was going on and, uh, and, and, and had a welcome respite from your company. Oh, that was fine. That was fine by us. Now, listen, paddle tennis. Do you partake of this? I've Danny? never played. No. Uh, Simon's kindly invited me to. I'm just trying to clear up a little thigh problem I got at Wembley last week. <laughs> I know that sounds pathetic, but it's the truth. Um, I've even missed out on a bit of golf so far. So, yeah, I've not partaken in anything <clears throat> other than a little jog on the treadmill and a few bike rides but yeah all good Danny I've got to say sparing his blushes he is very good at paddle tennis uh, this thing is big in this part of the world and I think it's going to get big back in the UK uh, you've been playing against uh, such luminaries as Patrick Cliver who was Indeed. it this morning uh, Robbie Keane played this morning and he was very good I'm sure very he was. good he's a talented um, boy isn't he? and Carlos Poyo played this morning but it's, he's, it's a Spaniard isn't he it's, a, it's a, almost a national game of Spain this sport now so he was pretty good too 
Carlos Puyol. All right. Mm. Okay. Simon mixing with the great and the good here. We are going to talk, of course, Simon, Danny, about Cristiano Ronaldo and what is next for him and what is next for Manchester United. But I would have thought Manchester back home at the moment, a, a, a tale of two supports, if you like, very much a tale of two clubs. Because, Simon, Manchester United all tied up about the Glazers. Are they selling Ronaldo? <coughs> yep. They've bumped him. They've sacked him. Yep. What next for him? But across the city in the blue half, Pep signs another deal and it's now confirmed he is there for another lengthy spell at the football club. He has signed a new deal, valid until June 2025. Mm. I would have thought City fans jubilant about yeah. that this morning. What does that do for City, Simon? Well, it's good news for City fans and it's, it's slightly more uh, you know, trouble, troubling news for the rest of the Premier League because ultimately he's in a situation where he is uh, presiding over a team that's beginning to look like something that I never thought they would see, which is a dynasty because they're winning so many things in the English Premier League. Um, what it tells you is that Pep is very comfortable at Man City. Someone, some people are making observations about, and I can't quite fathom this one, about it's a lack of ambition from him. Well, I, mean, I don't quite understand how it can be a lack of ambition. <laughs> yeah. What he's doing, potentially, is he's building a football club that becomes a legacy club. This is an argument about the aristocratic nature of, of the elite teams in Europe. The, you know, the Bayern Munichs, the Real Madrids, the Barcelonas, the Manchester Uniteds. And they've had this sort of snooty feel towards Man City because they're a manufactured club in their, in their eyes. The more he lays down the foundation of keeping on dominating English football, if he can land a European title in there, then you're in a situation where this football club will start to be spoken, not just as an outlier that's got itself into a situation where it's so dominant in English football, but still gets the sort of attitude that's been manufactured by an alternate means, it'll start to become a legacy club and Pep Guardiola will be at the centre of that. So it's a great thing because there's nothing about his performances over the last year that's diminished. He's still absolutely in the groove. Right. And the rest of the Premier League will probably be inhaling, thinking, oh, I thought we were going to get rid of him at the end of this season. I mean, Danny, Simon's on it. Four titles in the last five years. One has to think with Guardiola at the helm again, and it gives them this stability. They can carry on doing what they've been doing so effectively. What we're looking at, the next, I don't know, six, seven titles in the next, I don't know, well, I think you can only look as far as his tenure, which is two more years, you just said, I think, didn't you? I mean, it's... Con 2025, um, yeah. Continuity is great. The players still seem to play with that intensity that he's always demanded from them. He's got a great way of making brilliant players even better. Not many coaches can do that in terms of work ethic, demanding more from them. I think a lot of other managers and fans alike and even players would be hearing that news going, oh, no. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. You know, there, there would have been a sneaky feeling that... It, he hadn't signed yet. Maybe he's going he's gonna to call it a day, which I think would have definitely helped the, com the competition. Yes. Definitely. TV getting close to being equal. Although, yeah. the, although they'll still have a wonderful budget and they'll still have the nucleus of this brilliant team, I'm not sure many managers have the capability of demanding the intensity and getting it from those players. Somehow his, his magic is being able to, to get... David Silva's the best example. I always use it. When I did a study on his numbers, I mean, he was already a phenomenal player. His numbers went through the roof when Pep came after a year. Uh, High-intensity sprints, assists and goals. Now, if you can do that with David Silva, you can do it with anybody. Right. And I'm not sure there's many managers out there who can do that.
Pep Guardiola, who has signed this new deal at uh, Manchester City. Bad news for all the rest, but great news for Manchester City. And the, the job is not done. They've got to win the Champions League. Of course they have. I mean, ultimately, they will always say that the stable diet begins at home and their domestic title is their bread and butter. But you really, as part of the legacy that I spoke about earlier on this football club, morphing into something that becomes part of the pseudo-aristocracy of European football, you know, that group of people that you know perceive themselves to be part of the European Super League that were the only real value in it. To be part of that gang, they're going to punch through that door by keep on winning and winning. And if they don't win the European, you know, the European Cup or the Champions League, they're going to find themselves in a situation where they'll still be outliers. Look, everyone else has got to raise their game. Yeah. He's not the only game in town. He's a very, very, very good coach. And Man City aren't just going to be handed the Premier League. And Jurgen Klopp and those around him, you know, people, we say they inhale and go, oh, he's still going to be around. Rise to the challenge. That's what you've got to do. Rise to the challenge. Oh, is right. It's up to the rest now, Danny, isn't Indeed it? Indeed it is. Well, all I meant was that, you know, the challenge is, is greater because of him. Yes. And there would have been, I, th- I don't think there would have been too many tears shed if he decided that was the end of, end of his road. Sure. For obvious reasons. It's a compliment. I mean, I, I think you're right. Jürgen has to reinvent the team a little bit, I'm sure, at Liverpool. I've got a feeling they'll come good after the World Cup with the injuries coming back. You've got Ten Hag trying to implement his style at United. You've got Graham Potter at Chelsea. And Conte. Kick, kick. Conte, yeah. <clears throat> I'm not sure Conte will be around for too long, but Arsenal are the ones at the moment who are trying to match them, but it's it's a tough task. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Yes, we are here in Doha. Very warm out there today. Of course, maybe that uh, is to be expected, even at this time of the year. Uh, Simon's alongside me. Danny Murphy is with me as well. And of course, uh, in our hotel last night, even late on, 2 a.m., we get in from uh, the French match. Uh, The conversation was very much, sure, Mbappe in France had done brilliantly. But what about the news on Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo and Manchester United had parted company. After that interview, very short statement from Manchester United, Cristiano Ronaldo is to leave Manchester United by mutual agreement with immediate effect. The club thanks him for his immense contribution across two spells at Old Trafford. Ronaldo didn't say much either. Following talks with Manchester United, we've mutually agreed to end our contract. Love United. I love the fans. That will never change. It feels like the right time to seek a new challenge wonder what that is. I wish Manchester United all the best. Even when we were leaving the stadium last night after France's 4-1 win, there were journalists from all around the world on camera outside the stadium addressing this very topic. That the news had sunk in. Ronaldo and United had uh, gone their separate ways. But what next for Ronaldo? We'll get Danny's take on it in a moment. Simon, very strident on it, of course, as well. But this shows how much has changed on this topic. Because this was Ronaldo when he joined United for a second time. And listen up, because then he spoke about uh, that that interview to Piers Morgan. Have a listen. This is him. As you know, I had a, a fantastic history with the, this amazing club. I I was there with 18 years old, and of course, it's, I'm so happy to be back home after 12 years. So I'm really glad and I'm looking forward to start my first game. They're trying to force you out. Yes, not only the coach, but the other two or three guys there around the club. At uh, the senior executive level? Yes, that I felt betrayed. And uh, you think they're trying to get rid of you? Honestly, I shouldn't say that, I don't know, but listen, I, I don't care. I'm always, people should listen to the truth. Yes, I feel betrayed. And I felt that some people that don't want me here, not only this year, 
but last year too. Simon, to me, there's a, you know, the, the, the contrast is glaring mm. regarding the, the, the way he departed first time around, 80 million quid, of United course. got, and he goes to Real Madrid, yeah. and now departing very much under a cloud. Well, the landscape's very different for a multitude of reasons. When he departed, you had Alex Ferguson in the situation, and you had a club that was still in ascendancy. Now you've got a club that's in, in, in a reformation mode and trying to recover ground after nearly the best part of a decade of treading water and making a lot of mistakes. And, of course, with Man United being so focused on by people that every mistake they make will be amplified. It's an unedifying departure. It's not a departure that should have been orchestrated that way. You know you know my view on the interview by Piers Winfrey. I thought it was an advertorial <laughs> and ultimately a scenario where, you know, Ronaldo left himself in a situation where there'll be mixed emotions about his views on things. Look, the mutual consent thing, everyone will argue about what that interview should and shouldn't be. I'm slightly conflicted about the nature of what he may have been authorised to do or not. One of the things that you do with these players is most of them have an obligation to be able to abide by certain contractual stipulations which prohibit them from being able to speak out in a way against the football club, bring it into disrepute. When you sign someone like Ronaldo, there might have been different things there that have enabled him to speak differently than other players because of the nature that he, of the position that he's in. But the bottom line is, with all that to one side, whether it was an unauthorised interview or it, need, it required Manchester United to give him permission to speak to anybody, the bottom line is, is that he made observations that United would have easily been able to take into a situation and saying that is, a, that is a breach of the understanding, whether explicit or implicit. And the mutual consent scenario, having been that, I've been down that route with both players and managers. It is a kind of drop hands. Look, we can have a fight about the money that we're owed under contract. We've got a fixed term contract, which keeps us in your employment until June of next year. We want the dough that's underneath that contract. United would push back and say, absolutely not. You've orchestrated this. You've behaved in a way which is bringing the football club into focus for all the wrong reasons. You're making allegations and assertions that you've not necessarily made to us. You've used a public domain to do it. And with that in mind, we'll be able to make you suffer economically for your contract. I personally, personally, I know p people may not agree with this. I would have, if I was Man United and the substance behind his assertions weren't there, I would have gone after him because I would have said, what, legally? The, the very last thing you're getting is any contractual obligations. The next thing you're going to get in the real world is some response from what you've said and, a, and an alternate view from us about the complications that you may now have as a result of besmirching our reputation. Now, of course, he's got... So if you were at the top of United, you would sue him? I would be inclined to be very robust about it. Now, other people I've spoken to are saying, well, Man United will just let it go because you move on and upward and it's not worth the energy. Sometimes these things are worth the energy. But the bottom line is, is everybody knew inevitably, eventually, the situation was going to manifest itself. How it got to that stage, whether Ten Hag spoke to him and he promised him things that he didn't deliver, or whether Ten Hag didn't have the balls to deal with him in the first place mm. and didn't deal with it properly, all of these things are for the birds. But Ronaldo, leaving the football club in this way, no, there's no winners here. The only winners was an increase temporarily in the figures of a particular TV show. The bottom line is, is that Ronaldo, Ronaldo comes out with a, with a reputation that's not particularly uh, enhanced. He looks around at the world, looks back on this with regret. United look at it and say, well, this was a waste of everybody's bloody time. Well, and also, Simon, I take on, on board everything you're saying yeah. there. Danny, it affects Portugal at this World Cup because obviously it's the talk of their camp their, their, their coach Fernando Santos needs that like a hole in the head and Ronaldo was due to be speaking to the world's media ahead of their first game here in Qatar taking him out of the equation they put in um, Bruno Fernandes who will undoubtedly be asked about it it's a major distraction they don't need I think Portugal for years have had the Ronaldo sideshow in every tournament for whatever reason whether it be positive or negative I think the play, players players generally 
don't really care less what's going on with the other players at the clubs. Bruno's a bit different because he's, he's engaged in the Manchester United thing. Yeah, so he, Ronaldo goes, he stays. Yeah, but they, he's already come out and said that that initial frosty video about the handshake was nothing, it was fine. You know, he's, he's, he's not going to jeopardise his friendship and relationship. And it, well, certainly not, he's not going to do it now to the public and when they're supposed to be harmonious in a camp together. Just going back to what Simon said, I, I actually think when you say there's no winner's side, I think they both win. Oh, they both win. United they now, both win? <clears throat> yeah. How does Ronaldo win? Well, firstly, United win because they can move on. He's gone in disgrace. They can move but on. But they could have done this a different way, Dan. What they've had is a situation where an interviewer has looked at the mechanics of the football club, brought United into the public focus in a way that they wouldn't want to be brought it in there. And of Ronaldo course. looks like, you know, with the obvious exceptions of the tragedies in his life, it looks like a whinathon from somebody that didn't get what he want, when he wanted, how no, he wanted but, it. So there isn't any winners. Well, he is going to win because he's going to get to a club where he's going to play every week. Well, on the so, back, so uh, yeah. he wins. Well, okay, so the Greens have lost them. Because it's the is it like, give me that club, Danny. Where does he go? Where well, he's going to play? Whether he goes to Lisbon, league? whether he goes, who knows where he's going to end up? But someone will take him because he scores goals. And it, and even if they take him on a short term till the end of the season, they'll take him. So his his, his legacy he, United's tarnished, isn't it? Uh, temporarily. Temporarily. Surely permanently, no. Danny. You, you can't leave like this. You know what it's like, Jim. Well, it's a bit like relationships. You end, years gone by, you only remember the good. It's the same with footballers. You go if you talk about footballers now who you loved back in the day, you'll find misdemeanors and problems and interviews and silly things they did and bad behaviours and run-ins with the police and all those things. What do you talk about now? You talk about Gaza, mm. Stevie G. I could give you things they did badly, and we, you'd probably remember them. I'd trigger something in your memory. But your first memory is the good thing they did on the pitch. And in five, ten years, when people talk about Ronaldo and they're telling their son or the grandkids, they'll be talking about the goals Ronaldo's got when he got 40-plus and when they won this and when they won okay. that. Okay. It's Jim White, Simon Jordan, Danny Murphy, live from Qatar on TalkSport. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 
Danny, it's our understanding Chelsea not looking uh, to be the lightly berth for Cristiano Ronaldo. Simon and I were with Todd Bully the other day. That didn't come from him, incidentally, but that's uh, what we're hearing this morning. What's your take on it? Is there another Premier League club for Cristiano Ronaldo? Um, highly unlikely, I would imagine. Plenty of clubs that would want him or, or need him. If you think of him going, I don't know, somewhere like Everton, you know, they need a desperate need a goal scorer. He'd do them proud, but he's not going to go there. But Chelsea, I don't think, should be trying to get him. They've got Aubameyang, who um, in some ways is similar in terms of the... I mean, yeah. he's got a bit more legs about him, but he, you carry him a little bit in terms of the defensive. And the way Potter wants to play, it's it's not somebody you'd, you'd want. And the other thing is, with Graham Potter, he's shown already he likes mixing the team up, week in, week out. And if that continues, Ronaldo doesn't want to go somewhere. He's sat on the bench. Well, Simon, here's the thing. In our hotel this mm. morning, one or two of the uh, the media from various parts of the planet were, were suggesting surely Newcastle will be interested. Yeah, no, I heard a funny little rumour doing, doing the rounds amongst the, a, a group of talking heads that may have some understanding of these things. And they were, they were exploring the dynamics of this alleged um, Saudi Arabia deal and, and looking at the scenario and suggesting... And it, and it was a suggestion and it was a little thought through and with a, a sort of nod and a wink that they knew what they were talking about, that they were, he'd go into Newcastle and then find himself in Saudi. Now, given the nature of the ownership model that's in uh, Newcastle, whilst it, it flies in the face of what we're being told Newcastle's motivations are, you've seen you know, they've got a very balanced team that are going very well at the moment in time. They've talked about not tripping the light fantastic and being overly ridiculous. I still think spending a couple hundred million quid is, you know, a, a massive departure from what they've done before. Let's, not, let's get some context. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I think there is a discussion that could possibly find itself in the, in the world of Ronaldo landing in Newcastle. No chance. You don't think so? I don't for a couple of reasons. One is they've already got Isak who they spent a lot of money on who's going to need game time and him and Wilson sharing that role. So if you throw Ronaldo into that, what, what happens with Isak? Furthermore, when you look at what Eddie Howe's trying to achieve and the way he's playing with that Newcastle side, front foot, high tempo, press, you know, all those, the unity, stability, uh, you know, team spirit. I, I, I think even if they offered him on a plate, Eddie Howe would say no thanks. Mm. I'd be I don't disagree. You know, I, I mean, yeah, but does he get you into the Champions League if you're Newcastle? Um, Here's one for you. No. Does he? No, I, I, I think if Newcastle are going to get there, they, they'll do it with, because of their philosophy, the way they're playing. They've already got quality. No, I, I don't think he enhances that chance for them. OK, we're going to stick with Manchester United because, again, amongst many, many foreign journalists this morning, not least journalists from the UK, a lot of the talks around Manchester United, Simon, regarding the Glazers. Last night, hugely respected correspondent at Sky News, Mark Kleinman, broke the exclusive Manchester United zoners. The Glazer family are to explore a sale of the club as part of a review of options that could also include selling a minority interest, an outright sale would bring to an end 17 years of controversial ownership. So, I mean, Simon, it begs the question, are United fans one step closer to getting their wish? Glazers out? Well, I mean, look, I mean, we spoke about this earlier on in the year and specifically after the um, Chelsea sell. And we talked about the nature of what was going on in football. And I spoke to you about the American marketplace, the maturing of the attitude in the banking community and looking at the industry with a very different set of eyes. So with that in mind... You know, the Rain Group now have had their whistles wetted by the sale of Chelsea and they are being motivated. You've got Fenway in the mix as well with their ideals about what they think they can and can't get. And I spoke to you, we spoke about it about two or three weeks ago, about the idea that United would be in play at about six or seven billion. 
every day of the week and twice on Sunday, if they're getting into that territory, the Glazers will sell because the return on investment will be phenomenal. The benefits of the outcome will be vast. So what are they looking for then? Confirm that for me, Simon. Well, What's the asking price? Well, you know, you're looking at the idea that it's being punted around by certain factions and specifically the Rain Group that are now at the front and centre of looking at football finance and doing deals in the American marketplace. And they're alluding to a six between a six and eight billion pound price tag. <laughs> Now, when wow. we when we originally spoke about it, and Chelsea deal was done at two and a half billion, I said to you, you know, I think that if United were to get four to five billion, the Glazers will be tempted. Then I got some various discussions with some guys in America that are saying they think they can get Rain Group, think they can get six and seven billion for this. Now, the Glazers' ears will prick off, yeah, because when you get to six and seven billion, you're now talking about a return on investment which is absolutely phenomenal. You're getting to the top end of where these valuations are for the next half a decade, I suspect. Is it really now, that much more than Chelsea? What was Chelsea? Two two odd well, billion, two and a half. Chelsea Chelsea was a different, a very different dynamic, wasn't it? It was a distressed sale being forced upon the owner by the very nature of the circumstances in the Ukraine and Russian conflict. So there was a very different situation. It was already in a situation where the guy could no longer own that business. It was just a matter of getting him out of there at a price that would make the market move on it. And even then, at two and a half billion, I think everyone st- took a breath in. Yeah. Uh, is it really going to go for two and a half billion with commitments of spending another one point seven five billion? In this part of the world, Simon, someone would stump up between six and eight for Manchester. Possibly. United. Can they make and money it, on that, Simon? Well, it depends what you listen. Can you make money on 44 billion pounds of a purchase of Twitter? The idea is what do you want to use it what do you want to use it for? And the challenge that we have sitting in this part of the world and I'll say it and I don't care if it makes me particularly unpopular in this part of the world, do we want a lot of our football clubs being owned by Middle Eastern money and American money? and the challenges that go with it. This is an American deal. It might be in part funded by Middle Eastern mm. guys, but if it's an American financier financiers that are looking at this deal, dollars for donuts, it'll be in America. The problem is, and many United fans can sit there and go, oh, great, that's out. Now get rid of these hobbits. When someone comes through the door after spending seven or eight billion to buy this football club, what do you think they're going to do? Give you precisely what you want? They're going to give you what they want to give you on the basis yeah. of what they've paid for that football club. And in the Simon, same way that Todd Bowley will do the same with Chelsea. You and I have heard some crazy conversations around money whilst we've been yeah. out here in Qatar. Mm. In the box the other day that we happened to be in for the England game, mm. we heard, and it was confirmed to us by no less than Nasser Al-Khalafi, that yes, PSG, an offer was in of 4 billion euros. And in fact, the individual who made the offer, we just missed when we walked into the box. So they're here. These boys... Amongst us. These boys know there is a new generation of ownership models coming into football. And they are looking at it. They're looking at the commercial opportunities. They're looking at the manner in which they can communicate with eyes around the world. The unanonymizing of data to be able to ascertain what people want to watch when they want to watch it. They're looking at the broadcast deals. Bowley and his guys are as smart as paint. They've They've got to get their gap They've got to get their feet in two camps. They've got to get their feet in the commercial world and in the football world and understand the parlance of football. And some would let say, you know, and it's been said, and I said to Todd Bowley, Graham Sounis' view of him, and he didn't know anything, and he's got to get his pants pulled down, that they've got to get understanding of the uh, football market. I don't think he'd heard of Graham. I'm not sure. Well, he, he did after I, I made sure that next time he bumps into Graham, he can make sure that Graham <laughs> knows that I told him but that. But why now, Simon, the, the big movers and shakers, why now are we hearing that FSG might be on the point of getting out. Why now are we hearing that the Glazers could well, be close to getting out? For a variety of reasons. One of them will be because of the, of places like where we're sitting now, which is the a, the vast amount of money in countries like this that have different agendas. Nation states owning football clubs still trouble me and what their motivations be, are. No one can deny it, that there's this, this soft influence being utilised in, in those spaces. The marketplace is beginning to have a different view. Once upon a time, and up until certainly the last five or six years, banking looked at football as an industry that you can't rely on it. It It's not a banking proposition. It doesn't make any sense. The return on investment isn't there. 
the you know the scale of opportunity is difficult, the uncertainties, the immaturity of the marketplace, all of those things. But they're now looking at it differently. Right. And when Rain Group got away the Chelsea sale, and then when Redbird bought in to Fenway and took some of their media rights for 20% and gave them 500 million quid or whatever it was, you're starting to see football being looked at as a commercial proposition. So now, be careful what you want from that. Of because course. the rules why, change. Why does it trouble you then? Why does it trouble me? Mm. Well, because it changes the dynamics of football from being a game that was about sport and it becomes a game about commerce and opportunities for other people. Now, that's the reality of it. But also with nation states owning football clubs, it should trouble us all. Because we, we you know, we're sitting in a country that whilst we're being very well looked after and the people over here are delightful, there are influences in sport that we don't necessarily sport want sport to be leveraged for. And soft influence and political gain and World Cups being awarded and FIFA being the organisation that they are, yeah. undue influence should be a concern. And also with the Americans, I'm not suggesting that it's just this part of the world. Anybody that wants to own a football club for different reasons than a football club being something that's valued, can be part of a community and can be economically viable for anybody, should be concerning because... There is so much influence that football has. Do you think the Glazers are on their way out? A year from now, will they still be there? You probably said to me the other day, yeah, they'll still be there. Have you changed that view now? Well, they'll be there, Jim, until someone comes along and writes them a cheque, which makes them say yes. Now, if someone comes along in this conversation, if you're the Glazers and someone offers you seven, the natural pushback would be, I'll have seven and a half, I'll have eight. If you're in a territory now where someone and the market is at a price, my, 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 my likely view on this is that they'll sell a, a piece of United in the same way that I think Nasser Al-Khalafi will sell a piece of PSG rather than all of it. Doesn't that okay. narrow the market of buyers, though, if you're only selling a piece? Because isn't there ego involved as well? Well, it depends, depends what that piece is for and depends if it's a entrance point. It's like the guy that bought some, some shares in West Ham is going to end up owning West Ham. Mm. The Americans that bought a, pos a position in Palace are the majority shareholders in Crystal Palace now. And at this scale, there'll be an ultimate owner out of it. Do you think so, there's somebody out there in this part of the world who'd cough up between six and eight bill for, for Manchester United? I think there's somebody in America that will cough up that kind of money. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to and downloading the Outspoken with White and Jordan podcast. Remember to follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. We'll be back tomorrow with all the laces from Qatar, covering the biggest talking points and bringing you the best guests and interviews. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.